needed to take care of some business in town. He doesn't have classes on Mondays. And I asked him, I said, Alistair, why don't you go to church with me tonight? But he actually wanted to go to uh, his home church there in Somerset. But here's how he made his decision. He said, uh, what are you preaching tonight, Dad? And I said, well, I'm preaching on the 23rd Psalm. That's where we're at on Sunday nights. He said, absolutely no way. What you need to know is that he is in his last Old Testament class in Bible college, which is the class where they deal with the Psalms. And he said, I have had enough of that. (laughs) And so I'm going to go be with uh, friends at the home church tonight, and I will see you when you get home. So anyway, I told him he was really going to miss a blessing. Uh, The 23rd Psalm really is a blessing, as I've shared with you in the past few weeks as we've been looking at this psalm, is that this, unfortunately, over the years, because it is often recited at funerals or at grave sites, it's had the connotation of being a psalm for dying and for death. But I think what we're learning together as we make our way through it on Sunday nights is that it's a psalm for the living because it speaks into where we are. Tonight, we've made our way all the way to the third verse. Can you believe it? We've made it to the third verse, and we're going to talk about something that we all need to be reminded of, and that is our fellowship of our shepherd. So the title of my message is, I Will Follow him. Now, I know we've kind of been up and down like popcorn already tonight, but let me invite you to stay with me one more time, and here's what I want you to do tonight. If you have it memorized, quoted out loud with me, or if you need to look at the screen, it's going to be here on the screen, but let's all say together Psalm 23. Would you stand with me as we do that? Psalm 23, which is a psalm of David. The Bible says, here we go, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And let's add the amen to it. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the 23rd Psalm. Thank you, Father, for what it's meant to us down through our lives. And I just pray tonight as we consider this third verse and the beauty of what it means that we have a shepherd who restores us and leads us. God, help that to just find a way very deeply within our hearts tonight. And may we all purpose together that we will be sheep who follow our shepherd. I pray and I ask it in Jesus' name. And amen. Thank you for standing with me. Would you be seated? Well, they can make you or they'll break you. Some of them 
will put scars on your soul. Others will put rejoicing in your heart. One bad one can absolutely set you back years. One good one will give you something to rejoice over for days to come. You'll be glad about the good ones. You'll forever regret the bad ones. You know exactly what I'm talking about tonight, right? Decisions, decisions, decisions. Someone once said, and I think it's a good saying, is that life really is all about decisions. It is. I heard about a guy that went to the cemetery. He wanted to deliver some new flowers to the gravesite of a loved one. And as he walked toward that particular headstone, he saw another man there. And this man was really in bad shape. He was cowered down by the stone and he was wailing. And every now and then, the guy could hear the other man say things like this. Oh, why did you have to die? Why did you have to leave me? I'd give anything if you would just come back. And he was saying things like that over and over. And so finally, the guy walked up to him and said, Sir, I I don't mean to interrupt you in your moments of grief, but this is a very difficult thing for you, obviously. And I just want you to know that I'm here. If there's anything I can do for you, I'm here for you. I'll pray with you. I'll help you any way that I can. And then he asked him this question. He said, you know, forgive me if I'm stepping over the line here, but can I ask, who are you crying about here? Is this your spouse? Is this, you know, a brother or a sister or a parent or someone really, really close to you? And the man stopped him. He said, no, this is the grave of my wife's first husband. (laughs) Some of you will think about that and you'll chuckle in just a moment. So decisions can really get you into a mess, can't they? We face them every day. As I said a moment ago, life is about decisions. If you think about your life, where you are right now, what you're experiencing right now, where you live, what you do, your career, the things that are a part of really who you are, those are all about decisions. I want you to know that right here in this third verse, many, many years ago, King David gave us two beautiful, wonderful truths. And here they are. We have a loving shepherd who loves us enough to help us when we fall, when we make one of those decisions that cause us to crash down to the ground. We have a shepherd who will restore us. And then we have a loving shepherd who will lead us to make the right decision. So Psalm 23 verse 3 is a message of hope and a message of help. So tonight, if you're here or you're listening online and you're on the wrong road, I want you to know that there is hope for you. That's a beautiful thing about God and about his intervening in our lives. Our God is a God with whom there is always hope from the very beginning. Can't you be thankful for that tonight, that there's great hope in God? 
But also tonight, I want to tell you that there's help. Perhaps you're here and you're at a crossroads and you have a decision that's looming out in the distance for you. God will help you make that decision. So I want you to think about hope and help. We'll start with the hope. The first thing I want you to see about Psalm 23, verse 3, is that when you fall, the shepherd will restore you. Now, I want you to notice the way that I word my point there. I don't say if you fall, but when you fall. Isn't that life? It's not a matter of if. Now, some falls are worse than other falls. I have told many of you that I have fallen a couple of times just in the last few weeks, I had never in my life, and I'm talking about physically, I had never in my life had, had a real fall. You know, I've gone down to my knees or down to my backside or something like that. But as far as taking a major spill kind of fall, the first time I'd done that in my whole life was just a few weeks ago in the snow. I told you the story. I'd come in from being outside, had to go back behind the house had a big pair of green muck boots on, and I didn't think about how slick they would be when I got to that slick concrete in our garage. Had to come up three steps into the house to grab something. I turned around, my feet hit that slick concrete step, and there I went. And my precious wife stood there looking over me, laughing hysterically. I'll be honest with you, I got angry about it. And I said, sweetie, if you have to laugh, you've got to go to a different part of the room because I am really, really hurting. And so I had just gotten over that back last week. I don't know what I did. I didn't go to the doctor. I just thought I'd tough it out. So I don't know if I cracked a rib or bruised a rib, but it was something right under there. And I'd just gotten over it last week. And you'll remember that I was not here last Sunday night because of an obligation I'd made last year. And I was at the First Baptist Church down in Monticello, Kentucky, in Wayne County. I was there early because I was doing a PowerPoint presentation with my message that night, and I'd hooked all that up on the pulpit area, and I was walking off, and I missed, y'all know me, I walk around a lot, I missed that first step. And the rest, as they say, is history. I came tumbling down, I mean, I literally rolled down that stage, and guess where I fell? Right there on that side again. So I know about falls. Now, I'm not talking, though, tonight about physical falls. I'm talking about other falls. We know this. The falls we make because of decisions sometimes, those falls hurt a lot worse than coming down on our knees or our elbow or our ribs or what have you. We sometimes fall. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Well, the good news is this, according to the first part of verse 3. When we fall, when we make that mistake, when we say yes to something we should have said no to, or vice versa, we've said no to something we should have said yes to, and we have fallen The good news is we serve a shepherd who restores us. He restores our souls. I want you to know that literally in the Hebrew, here's the way that statement 
is constructed. It says this, He brings us back. He brings us back to where we need to be. Now, a few weeks ago when we started out looking at Psalm 23, I told you that this is all about the relationship between an ancient shepherd and his sheep. Remember with me again that King David is the author of this psalm. And before David was the king, he was the shepherd boy in Bethlehem. And so he's going all the way back to the early years in his life when he was taking care of his father Jesse's flock of sheep. And so you have to understand the 23rd Psalm through the viewpoint of a shepherd. And so David here, when he begins to write what we number out in verse 3, he's thinking about two dangers that sheep really face. There's two dangers that sheep come across for which they need all kinds of help from their shepherd that gives them hope when they've fallen. One danger, and I'll illustrate this for you in just a moment, is the danger of becoming a cast sheep. A C-A-S-T, cast sheep. And the other danger is the danger of becoming a lost sheep. So all sheep, have that in their future if they're not careful and if they don't listen to the shepherd as he tries to guide them. They can either become a cast sheep or they can become a lost sheep. In Psalm number 42, verse 11, the psalmist writes this. He writes, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And there the psalmist He's talking about the same thing David is talking about here, becoming a cast sheep. Now, are any of you familiar with taking care of sheep? Maybe some of you are. Maybe you've watched sheep. I don't know, but I want to give you a picture of a cast sheep. If you look at this next picture, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about when I mention a cast sheep. I've told you earlier that sheep have to be led to graze and they'll start really early in the morning and they'll begin to graze and nibble on grass until way up in the afternoon and their bellies will get full. Sheep are ruminants. I'm not going to describe that for you, but they are animals that chew the cud. We'll just put it that way, right? That's what they do. And so they eat this grass. They ruminate on the grass And up in the day, their bellies, like Brother Allen's belly every now and then if he eats too much, will get swollen and full. And if they're not careful, they'll try to walk across a little piece of ground that perhaps has a depression in it. And they'll fall down and the weight of their stomach will take them on their back. And they will lie there and lie there and lie there for hours. It's a terrible sight, I'm told. I've never literally seen it, just the picture that you're looking at. But if you really see a sheep that's cast with its legs straight up in the air, with its belly swelling, 
it becomes a sheep in a very hopeless situation. And I want you to know what this sheep will do when he or she is cast. It kicks, it flails, it does all kinds of things. But over time, if a shepherd doesn't come and help this cast sheep get back up on its feet, you know what it's going to do? It's going to lie there and the gases in its stomach are going to continue to spread until that sheep will lie in that condition and literally suffocate to death. So it's important for the shepherd to come and give attention to the cast sheep. And I'm told when a shepherd helps a cast sheep, he doesn't just come in and swoop in and then very quickly and all of the sudden get down and get that sheep back up on its all fours. You know, if that were me, not knowing about sheep, I'd have a tendency to bring a two before or something and put under its back and, you know, use a little Roman leverage and maybe get that thing righted, but that doesn't help. What has to happen is, of course, in that condition, all the blood has flowed out of its extremities, out of its legs, and so the shepherd will first come to the head of that sheep and he'll begin talking to that sheep in very comforting, reassuring tones so that the sheep isn't afraid. And then he'll reach over to the legs and he'll begin to massage the muscles in the legs of that sheep just to get some blood flowing again. And then very gently, he'll try to move that sheep over onto its sides. And then he'll continue to massage those muscles and ultimately... He'll get underneath that sheep, under its belly, and gently he will pull that sheep back up. He will stay by the side of that sheep and steady that sheep until its limbs are limber again and it's able to walk. That's the way a shepherd cares for a cast sheep. Here's the thing. When a shepherd takes care of a cast sheep, He's doing for that sheep, listen closely, what that sheep cannot do for itself. Isn't that a beautiful picture? You see, our shepherd, does he not do the same for you and for me? We serve a loving shepherd that when we're falling down, when we're a cast sheep, he comes to our side, he gently works with us, and he brings us to a place of restoration. Now, I told you a couple weeks ago that David is writing the 23rd Psalm late in his life. He's not the shepherd boy at this point. He's not the valiant king that's leading the warriors of Israel from victory unto victory. He is an old man now. And he can go back and he can remember his life. He can remember when he too was a cast sheep. You know all about that. King David became a cast sheep on that moment when Nathan the prophet came to him and you know he told him the story. It's interesting when you think about this because what God the Holy Spirit used from Nathan to communicate to King David was a story about a what? About a lamb. About 
a man that had one little lamb, only one little pet sheep. And the neighbor down the road who had a big flock of sheep was preparing a dinner for some guests. And then rather than slaughtering one of his own sheep or one of his own lambs, what does he do? He comes to that man who has that one little ewe lamb and he takes it and he feeds that to his guests. Well, you remember Nathan is telling the story and David becomes livid. David couldn't imagine that anybody would do such a thing. And then Nathan lowers the boom by God, the Holy Spirit. He, I don't know if he points at him. I imagine that he probably did. And he says, David, King, you are the man. And instantly, in a moment, the king, in all of his regality, in all of his riches, he becomes a man on his back. Well, the beautiful thing about David, when he had become the cast sheep, he became a restored sheep. Let me remind you of what David prays. You know the great Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is that prayer of David when David had been found in his sin and David is cast in verse 12. Listen to what he prays. He says, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? Lord, this is your thing. It's your salvation. It's not mine. It's what you have given me. And God, I'm praying that you would restore that to me. In other words, Lord, I'm a cast sheep. I've made my mistake. I've fallen. I'm on my back. Lord, would you restore my soul? Well, we know that God restored David and God would reuse David and God would be the shepherd that David needed in that situation. And I think all of us tonight, if we had time, we could give testimonies all over the room, how we've made mistakes, how we've done things, maybe not to the level that David did, but we have done those things in our lives that have caused us we have made those decisions that have caused us to become cast sheep. And the good news is we serve a shepherd who will restore us. And so tonight, I just want you to know that if you're here and you're cast, you're on your back because of a bad decision that you've made, because of something you've said, because of something you've done, our God is a God of restoration. God restores. We need to remember that as we participate in the work of the Lord. You know, there are times as a church when we have to come around someone who's wayward or someone who has fallen. I know years ago the church used to get it wrong. I've read many uh, a church business meeting reports from years ago. You know, they used to love to church people for everything. You know, if you got caught outside doing work on a Sunday afternoon, you could get churched. Y'all know what getting churched is, right? That means they vote to expel you from the membership. And so there have been days when the church of the Lord 
has been way too legalistic. We as a church at times have been way more legalistic than God has been. When someone falls among us, if we're going to be like our shepherd, the intention is always to restore. The intention is always to help that sheep get back up. Now you think about that sheep in that cast position. Isn't that a sad picture that I showed you a moment ago? How vulnerable, no defenses. I'm telling you the coyote or the wolf or whatever predator could come and that sheep would be gone in just a moment because there's absolutely nothing that a cast sheep can do to defend himself. The shepherd comes along though and he restores. And we too, church, should be like the shepherd. Our aim should always be, if there's a cast one among us, our aim should always be to restore. So there's that danger of becoming a cast sheep, but an even greater danger than that is for a sheep to become a lost sheep. Sheep are very notorious for becoming lost. Now listen, as a sheep begins to do its daily business of eating, they have one thing and one thing only on their minds, and that's simply to find the next juicy blade of grass. And the sheep will do that often. It'll have its head down. It'll be munching on grass. And sometimes if it's a big flock of sheep, the shepherd will come and move the flock from one place to the next. But if the sheep is not watching the flock, if the sheep is not moving when the shepherd leads, it'll start to nibble on one blade and then maybe see another little patch of grass over here and maybe another one over there. And the flock can be way down and all of the sudden that little sheep becomes a lost sheep. I saw that one time. I had uh, the privilege in, in college to spend a summer in the British Isles. And one day I was over in Ireland with a group of my classmates and we were out driving in the Irish countryside and I hadn't been around a lot of sheep. You know, I grew up in this part of the country, but back years ago, there weren't many sheep around here. There's more and more now, but I had never really been around sheep. And so we had passed this beautiful, picturesque Irish farm, and we saw this big flock of sheep. We drove down the road about a tenth of a mile, and all of a sudden, there was one little lamb that had become detached from that big flock of sheep. And I looked over out of the car, and that little lamb, you know what it was doing? It was just going around and around and around in circles, completely separated from the flock. That was my response to, you know, big lip out. And, you know, what I wanted to do was get out, go to that little sheep and help it get back to the flock. I didn't know if the Irish people would shoot me or not, so I didn't do that. But the bottom line is, I saw it. And it's a sad sight to see a little lamb, a little sheep, away from the flock. There it was. I mean, just like a dog chasing its tail going around in circles. 
big flock on down the road, little sheep all by itself out there going around and around. It's a pitiful sight to see a lost sheep. The reason sheep often get lost is because they're not real smart. Now, years ago when I pastored the church I was at in Lexington, I was talking about something I'd heard others say, and it was simply a statement like this, you know, in animal kind, the most stupid animal out there is the sheep. Well, I was the stupid one because you know what I had forgotten? One of my deacons in that church was a man by the name of Winston DeWeese, still a really good friend of mine. Winston's retired now, but at the time, do you know what he was? He was the director of the sheep department for the University of Kentucky College of Agriculture. And I probably should have checked off on Winston before I said something like that, but I said it. I said, sheep are the dumbest animals that God has ever created. And and Winston is a great, great guy, very mild-mannered man. He's not a critic. He's the type of person that, you know, 9.9 times out of 10 would never say a word. But Winston came out that morning and he said, uh, Brother Allen, have you ever heard of the encephalization quotient? And I said, the encephalization what? And he said, the encephalization quotient. He said, that's the measurement uh, that takes a lot of different things into consideration. But one of the big things is the mass of an animal's brain in ratio to its body size. And this is what he said. He said, sheep don't have the largest ratio out there But I have to give this to you, preacher. It is pretty big. In other words, this is what he said. Sheep are not the most dumb animals in the whole wide world, but they are pretty dumb. So I wasn't completely off base, right? Here's the thing. Sheep, they don't think about what they should think about. And you and I can often be the same way, can't we? We get isolated We start thinking about the things that gratify us and we don't keep up with the crowd. Well, that's what happens when a sheep gets separated and it gets lost. And it is critically important for a lost sheep to be found because typically the lost sheep is a young sheep. It's typically a lamb. And it gets away from the sheepfold, gets away from the shepherd. And you know what it is? It is 100% defenseless. Don't you think about it. Cats scratch, dogs bite, snakes strike, mules kick. But what's a little sheep going to do? A little sheep separated from the flock off from the shepherd, again, just like the cast sheep. It's absolutely sitting prey. Unless, unless the shepherd comes and the shepherd finds it. 
I've already told you this, but it bears repeating. The ancient shepherd, the last thing he would do before he laid down and tried to get a few hours of sleep taking care of the flock is that he would go one by one and he would count the sheep. That's where we get that thought of counting sheep trying to go to sleep. He would count the sheep. And when he counted them all, but there was that one missing, that's what the shepherd would do. The shepherd would leave the flock and he would go out and he would find the lost sheep. You know what Isaiah writes in Isaiah 53 verse 6? He says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We sing into that old hymn, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. That's what we do. We become like the sheep, get our minds on other things, get separated from the flock, lose sight of the shepherd, and we get out there all by ourselves and we're in danger. But the good news is we have a shepherd that leaves the 90 and 9 and he comes out and he finds the lost sheep. I love what the Bible says in Luke 15 verse 4. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he's lost one of them, does not leave the 90 and 9 in the open country and go after that lost one until he finds it. Thanks be to God for a great shepherd that will not leave us lost. He comes and he searches and he cries out and he finds it. One of the, I think, the greatest pictures of Jesus. I know you have to be careful with pictures. We, we never idolize a picture or anything like that. Bible tells us not to worship graven images, so we're careful with those things. But often in the arts, in a song or in a picture, we can be led to think about a great truth or a wonderful doctrine. I don't know that there's a more beautiful picture out there than the picture of the good shepherd with the little sheep on his back. Isn't that a beautiful picture? You can see it in your mind's eye right now. I have a beautiful olive wood carving. I wish I'd have brought it tonight. And you could see it, the the great shepherd with the sheep on his back. How many times, my friends, has Jesus done that for us? How many times have we been the wayward ones? How many times have we lost sight of the sheepfold and wandered off somewhere by ourselves where we didn't need to be, but we have a great shepherd who comes along, puts us on his shoulders, and takes us back to the flock. You see, when you fall, when you make a decision that leads you to a place of being cast down or a place of being lost, the shepherd, if you'll let him, he'll restore you. Let me show you one more before we close out tonight. When you fall, the shepherd will restore you. But here's the good news. If you'll follow, the shepherd will lead you. I told you earlier, there's hope. And there's help. The good news is there's hope. If you've fallen, 
listen for the voice of the shepherd and follow him back to where you need to be. That's your hope, but here's your help. You don't have to be cast and you don't have to be lost. You don't have to be out there on your own, but you can stay with the shepherd. When you follow, the shepherd will lead you. Look at the latter part of verse three. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now I'm going to take that verse in reverse. Look at the last part first. Why does he do it? He does it for his own name's sake. Often it's asked, what's in a name? Well, when we think about the Lord, when we think about Jesus, our shepherd, there's so much in that name. And Jesus of all people who have ever lived, has the best name. Is there any name like Jesus? Is there any power like Jesus? Is there any character, any righteousness like Jesus? No. And for his name's sake, based on his reputation, that's what it means. For his name's sake, based on his reputation. We have a shepherd that will lead us in paths of righteousness. So we know a few things about a shepherd. A shepherd feeds his flock, but he also leads his flock. He provides for his flock, but he also guides his flock. He protects his flock, but he also directs his flock if the flock will simply follow. Let me tell you one other thing about a sheep. A sheep has terrible depth perception. Their eyes don't work quite like ours. They can't see very far out in front of them. And so if they don't stay with the flock that stays with the shepherd, they can become lost or they can become cast. If the sheep don't follow the shepherd, they'll get on the wrong path. You see, the ancient shepherd knew the right paths to lead his sheep on. And he would never lead his sheep to a place where they would get bitter water or a place where they would get inferior grass that might make them sick, could even kill them, poisonous things that are out there, the shepherd always led his sheep over a path that would lead them to good things. And that's the way our shepherd is for us. Proverbs says this in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but at its end, it is the way to what, church? Death. So tonight when you make your decisions and you stand at those crossroads of life, you don't want to go in the direction that seems right to you. But you want to go in the direction that the Lord wants you to go in. You see, the good news is about our good shepherd, he always bats a thousand. Let me just ask you tonight, have you ever followed what the Lord told you to do and then ended up regretting it. Have you ever followed Jesus and done what he led you to do 
And then you turned around and you say, I am so sorry that I did this. Never, ever, ever. Because the good shepherd always leads us down the right path for his namesake. Listen again to what the Bible is saying. God's saying, I'm putting my name on this. Jesus is saying to you tonight, I am staking my name to this. If you'll just follow me, I'll lead you the right way. Back to Proverbs. Proverbs 12, 28 says this, in the way of righteousness is life and in its pathway there is no death. You hear it? In the way of righteousness, in the way the shepherd wants to lead you, there's always life and there's no death. Listen, I told you that shepherd uh, lead his sheep, but they have to be careful because they have bad eyesight. The good news about a sheep is this, they have good hearing. They can hear. So they can hear the shepherd when he calls. And when the shepherd says to go straight, they listen and they go straight. When the shepherd says to move one way or the other, if they'll just listen and respond, they'll be in the right path. We do not know what tomorrow holds. We don't know the decisions that we'll have to make tomorrow. The truth of the matter is this, we don't even know the decisions that we'll have to make tonight, do we? I promise you, life can turn just like that. And when it does, what we need more than anything else is to hear our shepherd. Many of you have probably heard a lot about Corey Tamboon. Corey, of course, and her family came out of terrible things. They were a Jewish family in Europe during those dark and difficult days. They had to do a lot of navigating in their life. Corey Tim Boom became a strong Christian. and She had just the way of saying things. And one of her greatest statements was this, and I'm going to close with this tonight. I want you to listen carefully. Corey Tim Boom would often say, never be afraid to trust a future that you don't know to a God you do know. Never be afraid to trust a future you don't know to a God you do know. You see, our God is the good shepherd. And the shepherd has one job, and that job is to lead the sheep And the sheep have one job, and that job is simply to follow the shepherd. Let me ask you tonight, are you following the shepherd? I would trust on a Sunday night that you are. I would trust that most people here have a relationship with the good shepherd. And 
you're his and he's yours and you hear his voice and you can follow. But if not, tonight you need to come. In this life, you need a shepherd. You need someone who will guide you, someone who will call out to you, someone who will tell you which way to go and you'll hear him. I promise you, Jesus said, I know my sheep and they know me. They hear my voice. Jesus has a very distinct voice. And when you hear him, all you need to do is follow. Are you a cast sheep? Maybe you're here tonight and you made a decision. You're, you're the Lord's sheep, but you've, you've made some kind of decision. Maybe it's not a huge thing but it's something that just has you down on your back tonight. You don't have to stay there. Or maybe you're the lost sheep that's kind of moved to the side and you're not following closely as the Lord leads the flock. You don't have to stay there. He's the shepherd that leaves the 90 and 9. And tonight you're here and that's what he is doing. He's coming around you and he wants to throw you on his shoulders And he wants to take you back to that place of health, that place of joy. You just need to let him do it. Or perhaps you're here tonight and he's leading you to do something. And you're like the sheep that's stubborn and you don't want to say yes. You don't want to surrender and submit to his will for your life. Don't stay there. The place of joy and happiness is that place where you say, okay, it's your job to lead. It's going to be my job to follow. I may not understand the future, but I don't need to because, God, you know it. You know it. Let's stand together. Would you bow your heads? I'm going to pray for you, and tonight, if you need to respond, if you need to come for whatever reason, I want to invite you to come. Maybe you need to come tonight and place your faith in Jesus come. Maybe you're at a crossroad tonight and you just need to come and pray for the shepherd to lead you as you make your decisions. Come and do that tonight. This place is a place where you'll find people around you to support you and to pray with you. It's a place where God will meet you. Something very significant about just taking that step out and coming before the Lord and before his church. And tonight, if you need to do that, would you come? Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for having us here. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us, Lord. Thank you for being the great shepherd. And forgive us, Father, when we're not very good sheep. And I pray tonight that we'd be sheep who would listen closely when you tell us which way to go. And, Father, we would follow. I pray and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing together.